they like candor. Uh, IMF, they said, no, won't go. Head tight, there will be none. Dismiss the rumors, we are there. So now debt exchange. An individual who has 100,000 or 1 million needs to understand that between now and 2027, he may lose up to 30, 40% of that investment. And that for this year, next year, he may get zero returns. Now take just the bank, banking sector and the financial institution. Uh, they have about 60 billion, uh, and the interest on this investment is what they, invite, uh, they, they, they rely on. This will spell the doom of Ghana's financial sector, including the banks. Liquidity, cap, liquidity will suffer. They will not even have the minimum requirement. And already, as we all monitor even their published account into February and March, will begin to appreciate how much of that money they use to finance the government. And Evans, your team will have to work further. You know that under the NPRA Act, it was a requirement that at least 75% of some of this money is invested in government bonds. You are turning around to say that I'll give zero, I'll not give you anything. Is it your money? Mm. Thank you. Thank you very much, Henry Drisu. Henry Drisu is the uh, minority uh, leader joining us today on the back of a press conference that they uh, addressed uh, earlier today. I want to hear from you today on News Night, which starts right now. In the next 60 minutes here on News Night, the Association of Banks in Ghana directs commercial banks to reject the amended debt exchange offer in its current form. We have details and explore the implications for the debt exchange program itself. We'll also catalog the harsh realities the program presents to individuals and their families. The consequences of this are going to be dire. You know why? The credibility that has been built in the financial services sector the last 25, 27 years is dead. Also tonight, Public Utilities Regulatory Commission adjusts electricity and water tariffs, increasing it over 29 and 8%, citing a potential return to Dumso as one of the considerations for the increase. We have details of that. I don't think it's the right time for them to increase the time. Because me, like this, I have two kids. For me, I, I don't think it's, it's the right time. Because we just got out from Christmas. I mean, things are hard. You have to pay because the system is, is hard. But as for water, you, you have to pay. Also tonight, occupants of the uh, Pramasek police barracks evacuated following fire outbreak that killed the police officer, his wife and child. We don't want to take any chance. All the other blocks not affected. We are going to have to evacuate all of you and give you a decent place nearby for a complete assessment. Details as the IGP is collaborating now with fire service and other relevant bodies to commence a thorough investigation in business tonight. More oil marketing firms increase prices at pumps with market leader selling a litre of petrol at 13 Ghana cities, 60 pesos. And these are going for 15 Ghana cities, 52 pesos. Mm. Later, the craze for white feet. Today you see children, some of their teeth are brownish and all this thing. I will be wondering. So does it mean nobody checked? For teeth whitening, I've not tried it before, but I've not gotten a chance. Maybe one day I'll try it. Stay with us for details. 055 
And you're live here on News Nightis on Joy 99.7 FM. I will be taking your messages on the show 055-1111-997. Tonight it is emerging that the Ghana Association of Banks had directed commercial banks to reject the amended debt exchange offer. The association asked banks not to sign up until its members' demands are met. Joy News understands the refusal of the banks to join the debt exchange program forced government to announce another extension of the program deadline today. All affected bondholders now have until the 31st of January to either accept or reject the offer. The Ministry of Finance is now hoping to use the next two weeks to consult more broadly. Uh, Charles Nixinyebwa heads our business team here and joins us on the telephone line right now with details on, on this. Uh, Charles, uh, what more do we know about this directive to commercial banks? Well, if as like you rightly said, it was a paragraph mail sent to the bank by the Ghana Association of Bankers. And if, if I may read, uh, quote, from the uncertainty surrounding the program, Ghana Association of Banks recommends that all banks must face any further movement on the exchange until our demands have been met. However, in the event that a bank may have to move forward to exchange, the MD or chief executive must inform the CEO of the Ghana Association of Banks directly of the decision. And I must say that the banks are very worried about the impact of the debt exchange program on their operations. So, you know, there are three critical financial soundness indicators, i.e. the capital adequacy ratio, the liquidity ratio, and the non-performing loans ratio. So the banks, if you look at the um, recent Bank of Ghana uh, monetary policy report. In November, the report read, securities remain the largest component of bank investment portfolio as of the end of October last year, and the share of security rose to 84.5% in October 2022 from 71.3%. Most of these investments are concentrated in long-term, you know, debt instruments, i.e. bonds, and there are even speculation that the, the, the bank's investment in bonds is estimated to the tune of about 50 billion cities. So uh, if, if you look at the debt exchange program, if after the evaluation, the banks are looking at the impact of the program on its uh, you know, balance sheet, which obviously will affect the income uh, or profitability uh, statement of the bank. So they are very mindful about the debt exchange program and let us not forget that the banking sector really is the engine of the economy and if there is a challenge or there is a problem um credit extension will become very difficult and 
You know that businesses, households, and individuals depend on uh, loans to finance their activities or take care of certain expenditures. So for now, it is a paragraph statement from the Ghana Association of Banks to uh, the 23 commercial banks operating in the country. So if you look at their concentration of investment in these debt instruments, the banks are very mindful. But I would wrap up and say that where we've got into it's very important that um, all the stakeholders, particularly the government, compromise to a larger extent in order to bring some form of, um, uh, some form of, uh, and, let and, me say, uh, consensus, consensus in order for us to move forward. Because if yeah, and, and we saw and we saw and we saw that in the finance ministry statement that that's what they are hoping to achieve with the extension. But this um, directive is important because uh, since the dedication program was announced, we haven't heard from the banks at all. Now we know. Now we know for certain that the association had directed that they should stay off. It's no surprise, is it, that the the the, the finance ministry was then compelled to extend the deadline again. To the end of the month because without the uh, banks there's no way you get a, a debt exchange program that is successful because you need them they hold the uh, lion's share of the bonds absolutely and, and it is not only the banks it is the entire financial space including the insurance companies but let me also say that some banks were fortunate to have seen or have predicted what was going to happen uh, as we see today and they were able to dilute their, their investment in government of Ghana bonds. But I wouldn't like to mention names because uh, we wouldn't be fair to the industry. So um, it is not the entire uh, players within the banking space that have that will be significantly impacted by this debt exchange program. Uh, Nixon, thank you uh, very much uh, for that insight. And he heads a uh, business uh, news uh, team here uh, at Joy News. I want to bring in uh, Professor Peter Quarte now. Uh, he is, of course, the head of the Institute for Statistical, Social and Economic uh, Research at the University of Ghana. He said, Prof, thanks for your time, your news night. Are you surprised to learn that the Ghana Association of Banks had directed their members to reject the debt exchange program in its current form before this extension today? Good evening to you and to your discerning listening. I am not as surprised. I'm not surprised at all uh, because if you look at the impact of the debt exchange program on the revenue stream, on the profitability of the banks and other financial institutions, it's quite high. And I, I think there has to be some dialogue. There has to be some consensus. Uh, if you take a typical bank, for instance, that has invested between one billion to one point five billion at an interest rate of coupon rate of fifteen percent, you are talking of something in the range of one hundred and fifty million to two hundred and twenty twenty-five million CDs loss in one year. Now. Most of the banks rely on interest income. About 60 to 70% of their income or revenue is from interest income. So if they are going to lose this much, and you also ask yourself, how many of them even make profits above 100,000 or 100 million cities a year? So basically, all their profit will be wiped off if we go ahead with the uh, uh, debt exchange program in its current form. We are caught between the devil and the deep blue sea. In the sense that either we get an IMF program going, 
and rescue our economy and hurt certain sectors of the economy, and uh, including individual bondholders, or we forgo the IMF program and save the individual bondholders as well as the other bondholders. So it's a very tricky situation, and we have to come to table and, and discuss this very well and ensure that there is con- some consensus so it becomes a win-win situation. I don't think the dialogue, the consultation has been done very well. In my view, we should have started this long ago before even the government comes out or the, uh, the, the minister comes out with this communication. Some consultation should have been done so that some of these uh, rough edges would have been straightened. Unfortunately, we come out with a policy today, announcement today, tomorrow, we vary, stakeholders react, and then we change. You see, for policy credibility, you ought to be consistent. It doesn't seem like we are being consistent with the debt exchange program. And for me, it worries me because the market will react if we send such a wrong signal to the market that we are free flopping each and every day. And and so today they've extended it. Um, the, the banks from the uh, email that was sent and we've now seen from the Bankers Association exactly demanded this, that don't sign on until we see an extension. Now they're going to sit in a room asleep. The finance minister says that's what they, ex- they, they expect. But if you read the statement from the finance ministry, it says consultation. But, you know, often in Ghana, when the ministry says consultation, it's mostly to inform you and, and hope to get you to agree with them and not to change the terms. I mean, what do you expect now in the next, between the next now and 31st December, to happen in these, uh, generate, to happen in these negotiations, a change in the current terms or an acceptance of the current offer? I don't expect uh, either party to take, or both parties to take and train positions. I expect the bank and other others involved to really come to the table to dialogue and to give some concessions. I expect the government or the Minister of Finance representing the government to also come to the table, dialogue, and reach some consensus so that it becomes a win-win situation. I expect in the next a few weeks there will be some compromises here and there for us to sign on to this um, um, IMF program. So I, I think it, it's good we're having this extension, but it should be done once and that should be it. I don't think we should continue extending, we should continue varying the terms. It doesn't augur well for us. And I'm sure the IMF itself is watching closely. They won't be happy with what we're doing. We should have done all these consultations. And once we come out with an announcement, you know, there will be little or no resistance. But it looks like we haven't done much consultation. I don't expect the Minister of Finance to say, well, come to the table, this is what I have, take it or leave it. No. It is serious business. And and I, I, I know and I expect that there will be a lot of dialogue and a lot of consensus building as we move ahead. If we fail to sign on to the IMF program, if the economy crashes, then the individual bondholders, the banks, everybody, including those who don't even hold bonds, will suffer. So we are in this together. And I think we will have cool health to prevail, and then we come into some consensus and some compromises given along the line. Professor Peter Korte, thank you very much. Professor Peter Korte heads the uh, 
ISA, and that is the uh, Institute at University of, of Ghana that deals with uh, statistical, social and economic research. Well, the inclusion of individual bondholders in the action program has shattered the unity among stalwarts of the governing New Patriotic Party. A rift has emerged between the party's majority chief whip in parliament, uh, Frank Amnodompre and Gabi Asariocho Dako. Uh, let's dig into that. My colleague Maso Baba joins me in the studio with more. Maso, this started with uh, Gabi uh, making a series of posts on his Twitter handle calling out individual bondholders protesting against their inclusion. Exactly. Um, so this caused a bit of a Twitter storm. Um, he started with one. Ghana is in a very difficult place. What we are seeing with the mobilization of agitation on individual bondholders poses a real and serious risk worse than what we witnessed when opposition to E-Levies succeeded in derailing an already shaky macroeconomic situation from 2021. He continues to the debt exchange program is voluntary for individual bondholders but a very necessary evil for our economy it is its success is critical to restoring macroeconomic stability securing an imf program it hits those of us holding bonds very hard a straight no to it is no solution he continues the third one if the no compromise opposition to it wins what then has been achieved it may lead to national debt default so that that so when that happens to the value so what then happens to the value of of your bonds after potentially worthless if participation is low we jeopardize resolving the economic crisis and hardships and then the fourth one he says i'm sorry but we have to face the hard painful truths we aren't sitting pretty. Our focus must be on how the burden to individual bondholders may be possibly eased, but not to take the hardline position of simply saying no to participation. It will come back to hit us harder, Evans. Mm. So then comes the majority chief whip, and yeah. that position is a, is a very significant position in, in parliament. If you take uh, Chairman Sabungsu, who is a majority leader out of the equation, yeah. uh, Frank Amnodompre is a second in command in, in parliament. He, he wields a lot of power. Yeah. He, he also goes to Twitter to respond to to his uh, his his fellow party stalwart, mm. Gabi Asaridara. What was his position? Exactly. So on the 14th January, um, 7.37, he made this post. He says, the finance minister, and then he put into um, bracket ministry, must, as a matter of urgency, review as soon as possible its decision and resolution on individual bondholders. I don't agree with them, and I think it is unfair and untenable. And Review your decision now in any tax joy FM. Okay, so yeah. so that's Frank Anandompre telling the finance ministry that he disagrees with them. They should review their position. Exactly. To but then he responds directly yeah. to Gabi. So Gabi Asarachidakun had made, came back um, and made a post 19 hours ago. Mm. Softening his stance somewhere. Exactly. A bit simmering down a bit on his previous, you know, um, tweets. And um, in this new tweet that Gabi Ochi um, Daku made, he said, those mobilizing to lead the voices of individual bondholders deserve our utmost commendation for speaking up for a big number of people who otherwise would have had no organized voice like institutional investors. But let's be careful about the dangers of a no-compromise stance. And then um, Frank Anodompre comes in here, quotes this tweet, and then said, a good engagement could have avoided this. Don't take the power of the people for granted. No hard feelings, peace. And, and since we've seen 
that the power of the people is that it's, it's a full show and full force here. We, we've seen uh, the mobilization now to occupy the Jubilee House. We've seen the pensioners holding individual bonds who are, who, are, who are now going to be storming the finance ministry. Yeah. Uh, we've seen the petition to the Garmanche today, the minority in parliament mm-hmm. is planning a roadshow uh, urging Ghanaians to reject it. So yes, they, 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 they sh- there's, a, there's a strong the show of force exactly. uh, by the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as this is concerned, so thank you very much. They're talking about the people, some bondholders are already bearing the brunt of the uh, current economic challenges. My colleague Jojo Kabana, uh, in this latest feature dubbed Bond of Sorrow, catalogs the harsh realities the program presents to the individuals and their families. No matter how much money you make, financial advisors will urge you to put your money away for a rainy day. They also advise investing your funds rather than simply keeping them idle in a bank account. To become financially free, they preach that invest in treasury bills, bonds, and properties. That is exactly what Roberta did. After saving and opting for voluntary retirement from her company after working 18 years, she put her savings and benefits into government sovereign bonds. Uh, I could have put it in savings, but the savings within our the interest rates is nothing to write home about. I knew that it was a government product. I'm not the only one affected. It will surprise you the number of calls I receive in a day. I have a colleague who has stroke. He is down with stroke. As I talk to you now, he can't speak, he can't talk. You can't just believe that something like that will happen. So we are still in what what English word are we still dreaming or we we are still hoping that I mean we wouldn't be roped in you see because it can be true the investment was supposed to put a smile on her face but it has rather become a source of anxiety in giving her sleepless nights there was a communicate that uh, um, was explicit that individual bondholders are exempted from the debt exchange. I mean, so at least we knew that we were okay. Only for the first, the holidays, for us to see on social media that individual uh, bondholders have been roped in. I was just, I, when I saw it, I wasn't crying, but tears were, I mean, all over my, my face. Uh-huh. It started when President Akufalu addressed the nation, assuring investors that there will be no haircuts on investments. There will be no haircuts. Mr. Larry Jage, a retiree and also a bondholder, said he felt reassured when the president spoke. Subsequently, Finance Minister Kenneth Uriata said individual bondholders will not be part of the debt exchange program. And that set his heart at ease. In fact, I was impressed. And then, subsequently, I am disappointed especially in the leadership of this country these are people who assured us that there will be no haircuts you don't know who to believe again but on the eve of christmas the government made a u-turn the government modified its 137.3 billion cities domestic bond exchange program to include individual bondholders although voluntary it was more like Take it or leave it. Government bonds has been a trusted partner all this while. But we are in a very difficult situation that 
if we don't work together to redeem the market, we may all crash. And that is where we are. It's like when you are sick and you have to take a bitter medicine to get better. It's difficult to take the medicine, but as you drink the bitter medicine, by the next day or two, you begin to get well. This is where we are. We understand the, the difficulty or the pain, as you put it, that uh, they may have to give up something in terms of losses on their interest, but at the same time, they are helping to build a strong bond market for the future. Many of these bondholders who ordinarily would not speak publicly, called into Joy FM studio to vent their frustrations. Why can't you be very specific and tell us that if you don't participate, you lose your money? Then some of us will commit suicide rather than go through the pain. I'm 66 in March, but I know friends who work in the uh, public service who are doing nothing presently. All the investments are out there, and you're telling them without interfacing with them on one-to-one -one or giving them information that take it or leave it. I don't even know how we will survive if they include us. You say your husband hasn't been talking. No. Uh, how has this affected him? He barely sleeps at night. He barely talks. Even if you want to make a, have a discussion with him, he hardly responds. I'm young. I don't want to even lose my husband. Please. The contention of the individual bondholders is that government failed to communicate with them, but is rather giving them ultimatums. They have bonded together to fight the government for the inclusion in the debt exchange program. Senor Jose is a convener of the individual bondholders. Why do we really need to disrupt so many lives in these difficult times when inflation is already eroding value, when people are actually struggling for jobs and parents? even in pension, are actually feeding their own children who have graduated. Now, how insensitive can we be at this, at this, at this time, time, time of things? And in all this, government never consulted individual bondholders. Many say they would not relent in their efforts to find government on this. But I will get my money. I will wait 15 years. It's clear that we either have to save lives or die trying. There's no other option. 16th January 2023 is the deadline for individual bondholders to agree to be part of the debt exchange program. With the future uncertain, many individual bondholders are not certain pretty. Bond investors are brooding over how to get back their money and never ever think of investing in government bonds because this one has been a bond of sorrow. The consequences of this are going to be die. You know why? The credibility that has been built in the financial services sector the last 25, 27 years is dead. Go to those selling safes, they will tell you that people are buying safes. No, never. No, 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 no. Why would be, what would be your reason? Why should I be? Because with what is happening, I will never, even if. Even with T-bills, I think now what you, you can do is to put your money or place your money in your room or somewhere. Keep, sorry, keep your money in your room and not invest. And uh, Jojo Kobana found that report. Uh, and you can find it on uh, many social media platforms. It's also on the Joy News channel on 
the multi-TV platform. In fact, you want to join us with your thoughts as well. If you're affected by this, I want to hear from you. 055 I'll be sharing a few of your thoughts with the rest of the world shortly. Well, tonight, expect to pay more for the electricity and water you use by February 1 this year. This is because the Public Utilities and Regulatory Commission has adjusted electricity and water tires by over 29 and 8% respectively. Now, some industries and commercial consumers will, however, witness some reductions in the tariffs they pay. Well, they've issued a statement now from the PURLC. My colleague, Mami C. and Mr. Thompson, uh, is in the studio with details of this. So, why has this adjustment become necessary? Evans, the last time the Commission adjusted tariffs was in August 2022. The Commission says this quarterly adjustment of utility tariffs was in line with their first quarter of 2023. The Commission said the process is in conformity with the quarterly tariff review mechanism and guidelines as communicated in the Commission's August 2022 major tariff review decision. What factors did the PRC consider before uh, the adjustments in tariffs? Well, they say that for the end-to-end -end electricity tariffs payable by the consumers, the PURC factored in the CD-to-dollar exchange rate, inflation, generation mix, and the average cost of natural gas. It also said that since its major tariff adjustment in August 2022, the cost of the key variables have significantly increased. We know we are in dire economic times. The people are, are struggling. Uh, did the commission consider this in the adjustments? According to the statement signed by the Executive Secretary, Dr. Ishmael Aka, the PURC approved the new tariffs very mindful of the current economic circumstances. It noted, however, that the potential for a return to the days of erratic power supply was also given due consideration as it would be catastrophic for the country. The commission therefore decided to increase the average end-user tariff for electricity by 29.96% across board for all consumer groups. The average end-user tariff for water has also been increased by 8.3%. Now, the Commission, however, approved varying rates of adjustments, including some reductions for selected industrial and commercial consumers as part of the ongoing restructuring of the existing water rate structure. Well, some of you have been reacting to this on the streets. I don't think it's the right time for them to increase the tariffs because me like this, I have two kids. One is at SS, one two has finished junior, the former DSS, right? And he's come to start SS. So I was even thinking about how to go about it. You see, we're from the SMAS and the new year. We didn't even cover some, some portals that have come to our way. And now they said they are coming to increase. For me, I, I don't think it's, it's the right time because we just got out from Christmas. I mean, things are hard and hard times. So I think they should have waited for a, a longer time before if any tariffs will come, it should come. But here's the case. We just came out from uh, from holidays and then you hit that with this tariffs. I, I think there was an initial signal that the utilities, I mean, this thing should have happened even last year. So for me, maybe most people were not aware, but for me, I, I was, I mean, I had that knowledge that they were supposed to have done increments, but the times were not even proper because that was when the dollars, the exchange rate was so escalating. So for me, I think there's nothing like the best time to do adjustments when legitimately those organization needs to improve on their services. It's like, it's good. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes too, it's bad. Me, it's me myself, the, if I know the water bill, we have to pay. Uh, we have to pay because the system is, is hard, but uh, as for water, we, we have to pay.
Well, some reactions uh, from the streets. I'll be reading a few more uh, for, uh, to you when I return uh, from business and then also when we return uh, from a business. A energy experts say hikes in fuel prices will continue. Uh, should government ignore workable solutions such as reviving the Tama oil refinery? We'll get into that. But let me bring in the uh, ranking member on the Mines and Energy Committee on the back of the PRC increases that we've just uh, been talking about. Um, we can speak to uh, Mr. Junapo, who joins us on the telephone line right now. Uh, Mr. John Junapo, I'm grateful that you could join us. So we've heard the announcement by the PRLC today that they're increasing uh, electricity uh, tariffs and water as well. Uh, your reaction? Yeah, certainly, this will bring on total hardship to the people of Ghana. And if you look at the PRLC statement carefully, we are analyzing it and we issue a response. They put the whole reason for increment on inflation and on the currency depreciation. The clearly is no fault of the consumer. It's because of the mismanagement of the economy. But I have serious issues with the PURC because of the so-called weighted averages. They've given about 80% to thermal and just about 20% to hydro. If you read the Energy Commission's reports, it's at variance to this analysis from the PRC. And so we are doing the analysis. And beyond the suffering, we want to prove that the PRC's weighted average is inconsistent and not proper. If you apply that, is it your suggestion that we should have maintained the old, old ones or seen a reduction? No, we could see a slight increment, but not the 30% that we are seeing. Um, for electricity in particular, I guess you mean? For electricity in particular. For electricity. Uh, thankfully, Director of Research and Corporate Affairs at the uh, PURC is on the line with us. He's Dr. Eric Kofiabute. Uh, Doc, so we've seen that uh, increase in electricity tariffs significantly close to 30%. Um, we've just been listening to John Junapo, who makes the point that if you apply properly the weighted averages, the jump should be significantly less than that 30%. How do you respond to that? Oh, thank you very much, Evans. Um, as we speak, the computation that we have had from the commission is what we have put out to the public. That's the 29.96%. And the weighted averages that we've used, we've used the weighted average of the gas prices as well as the inflation and the exchange rate. So from our computations, the averages that we've got are the figures that we came out with. Uh, and uh, this clearly comes at a time when the economy is in dire straits. You, did you factor in the ability of the consumer to pay? Well, yes. Um, the point is that we have factored, the commission has taken all those things on board. The commission did not just look at the strict numbers and said, these are the figures and so we should just give it out for the public to consume. The commission has taken on board that there are economic challenges in the country, but as much as we are looking at the challenges for the consumers, we must also look at the challenges that the utilities are also facing because we must get the utilities to be financially viable when able to have, have the lights on and the water flowing in our taps. So yes, the commission has taken all those things on board to be able to come up with the figures that we came up with. Yeah, 30% for electricity is a lot. Um, are you suggesting that because of the consideration, the economic consideration, it was 30% and that it could have been more? Um, yes, um, it could have been more. But um, if you take, for instance, even the exchange rate depreciation alone, the last time round we did the tariff, 
adjustment, we use a rate of 7 cities 52 pesos to the dollar. As we speak, the exchange average exchange rate that the commission used was 10 cities 54 pesos for the release. If you work it out, that's even in the region of about 40%. Okay, so if we take even just the exchange rate computation alone, we have a much bigger figure than the 30% that we are looking at. And not to talk of the inflationary rate that we have. So, yes, if we are taking on board those factors strictly and not looking at the economic condition and the social upheavals that will come with it, the tariffs could have been much higher than this. So you, in, in that case, if you're applying the, the real full cost scenario, in which region or percentage were we? Can you come again, please? The, if, the you're, if, you're, if, you're, if you're applying the uh, full cost scenario, if it's not 30%, what could it have been? If we apply the full cost scenario? Yes. If it's not 30%, is, what could it have been for electricity, for example? Um, that I cannot speak to that as, as we speak now. I cannot actually tell you exactly what the figures would have been. Uh, Mr. Junapo, so that's your answer there. Uh, they've done quite a bit to keep it at the 30%. Now it could have been more. Yes, I'm saying that if you read the 2020 electricity supply plan, the hydro, in terms of the weight, as against thermal, is much, much higher than they are indicating. And if you look at the outends, it shows you that we are consuming quite some sizable amount of hydro. But like I said, we would come up with the details and show why we disagree with this price increment. Don't forget that in September, there was a similar increment. And so when you combine the two, in less than one year, you are witnessing an increment of more than 60%. That is not sustainable, and that is unacceptable. But we'll come out with our figures to prove that this increment does not merit the kind of increment we are seeing. Thank you very much, uh, John Junapo, and uh, the Director of Research at the PURC there, uh, speaking to us on the increases in utility tariffs. A lot to get to once we return uh, from business. And of course, uh, George is joining us. George, the biggest story of our time, the debt exchange program, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah, it, yeah. it has been extended today. The inclusion of individual bonds, though, I mean, I, I see in the statement that was issued by the finance ministry that they they, 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 they they are careful to isolate the individual bond orders and say, we want to engage you. Yeah. And we've seen it's taking a religious turn already. Uh, uh, Reverend Sam Kranchiankra, this past weekend, actually prayed about this. If they will not hear any voice, let them hear the voice of Jehovah God Almighty and warn them, oh God, that when you are in power and in authority, you don't touch the savings of the poor. Because when the poor people decide to cry, there will be judgment from heaven. Lord, push them away from the service of the poor. Push them away from the service of the needy. I send you, holy angels, go and arrest the heart of the president, his vice, and the finance ministers and their advisors. Make them sensitive to the needs of the people. Bring them on their knees. Let them hear the voice of righteousness. Amen. And the poor and the vulnerable. Help our nation from collapsing. Bring our finances back to life. Let the economy work again. Powerful prayer there by uh, Sam Kran Chankra, yeah. but that's the reality yeah. and where we are tonight. There's been an extension. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just like what Professor Peter Cote said, more of a necessary evil, but how do you also ensure that 
these individuals are safeguarded, you know. So that is the most important thing. We need a form of a debt restructuring that should take place to get something from the IMF. But mm. how do you protect the vulnerable in society? In the IMF so. program itself, what they always seek to do is that the program the should protect yeah. the vulnerable in society. So what is government going to do about this to ensure that the vulnerable ones in society are protected? And, and indeed, George, form you, you raise uh, an important point. It is a reason. Yeah. Why at the very start of this, individual bondholders were exempted. Yeah. Because yeah. the government knew that once yeah. you include that group, yeah. you have a lot of vulnerable individuals wiped out. Yeah. As uh, the my majority leader talked about, yeah. we'd be wiping out the middle class. And that's Critical. why they excluded it. You know? And then they included it, be yeah. obviously, because the pension funds were exempted. But as the argument goes, the pension funds is future. Yeah. Individual bonds, if you affect them, is it's now. now. So there's, there's, there's a lot of conversation that we must have. But it's, now but it's interesting that one of the main reasons for this extension was because of the banks. The banks, yes. They pushed. Now we are learning, yes. Yeah, the banks were categorically they, they, not going to accept they, it. They were kicking against this thing because of the impact on their financial reporting and also the structure of this whole financial stability uh, fund as well. And they were Which individual bondholders can't access. It's yeah. for the institutions yeah. to access. So, Again, so you've given them a certain fallback if they have a problem without individual bondholders having in the cover. Tell me what you have in the headlines, George. Well, even talking about increment, more oil marketing firms, increased prices. Uh, the palms would uh, market leader well, selling a liter of petrol at 13 Ghana cities, 60 pesos, and diesel going for 15 Ghana cities, 52 pesos. And government uh, forced to extend domestic debt exchange program due to impact on the accounting framework of commercial banks and more clarity on the stabilization fund for the industry. The business news on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Ghana Live and... Alianza Pay. Allianz, insurance since 1890. At Allianz Life Ghana, we have a wide range of life insurance packages to suit all pockets from individuals, groups, associations, and businesses. We cover your employees, your funerals, pensions, children's education, and your future. Call us on 0302-267-892 or visit our website www.allianz-gh.com for more inquiries. Allianz Life. We secure your future. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 14 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Committee 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUST Campus, UCC. 
Cape Coast and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627-92. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. The other day, I visited Kweku at his spunky new office to congratulate him on opening his business. And man, was I impressed. The business is just moving quick. The sales, customers, everything is just working seamlessly. The secrets, hmm. He said, it's empty and business broadband. In this fast-paced environment, we need fast and reliable internet to support all business types. No laggy online meetings, great download and upload speeds, impeccable business management systems, all-inclusive. I mean, you can have it all. I signed on immediately. <laughs> to enable your business stay ahead and stay connected, make sure you're signed on to the best internet made just for businesses. MTN Business Broadband. Sign up today on broadband.mtn.com.gh and manage your account on my MTN app. Call 0244-308-111 for more information. MTN. Luxurious affordable living is your right and no one understands it better than BOT Properties. BOT Properties specializes in modern residential buildings and commercial office spaces. Our properties include the Equator, a 12-story made up of over 100 apartments near Accra Mall. At the Equator Courts, we offer you the deluxe living experience with our top-of-the-range homes, high-quality homes built with style and precision to suit your lifestyle. The Equator Courts is a gated community with two Two-story, four-bedroom detached houses at Ubuju East Legon near American House. Our office complexes include Zion House, Shiashi East Legon, Zion House, Sofaline Interchange, Kumase. Our offices and apartments are for both rental and outright purchases at affordable prices and with flexible payment terms. Kindly contact us on 0257-960-919 or visit botproperties.com. BOT Properties, the new meaning of affordable luxury. You welcome back to Business on News Night. Now, more oil marketing firms are increasing prices of petroleum products at the pumps. The latest is market leader Go, which has increased the price of petrol by more than one Ghana city, selling today at 13 Ghana cities 60 pesos. Diesel, on the other hand, is selling at 15 Ghana cities. 52 pesos. That's also going up by more than one Ghana city. What Joy Business is picking up that the increase was as a result of the city's depreciation against the dollar in the first two weeks of this month. This has increased the amount of money needed to actually purchase these petroleum products from the bulk oil distribution companies for these oil firms. In a related development, the Association of Oil Marketing Companies has rejected accusations that they are actually shortchanging consumers in terms of pricing of petroleum products. This follows claims by some industry experts that oil firms are charging higher than the actual prices. But this claim, the National Petroleum Authority has also challenged. Let's hear from the communications manager at the authority, Mohamed Kudis. My economic regulation department regularly does its projection before the opening of a particular window. And uh, 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 prior to the opening of this particular window, uh. the projection that the economic regulation uh, uh, department made relative to the information that they have for the, 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 the within the market, what we saw at the pump actually did not depart at all from what we anticipated. So for, from our end, there's nothing like uh, 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 not pricing well or trying to 
consumer. And I think that we've given this assurance, and I would want to repeat it, that one of the mandates of the, uh, the National Petroleum Authority is to protect the consumer, and we would not relent on this at all. Communications Manager at the National Petroleum Authority, Mohamed Kudis. A government has been forced to extend the deadline for the domestic debt exchange program. Again, Joy Business is learning that the move was as a result of a pushback by some of the commercial banks with respect to how this should be structured. Not necessarily the concerns coming from the individual bondholders. There is more in this report. We understand that this is one of the main reasons why domestic debt exchange program was extended by governments and not necessarily the concerns expressed by the individual bondholders. Sources say there had been some serious pushback from the commercial banks that were worried about the impact of this program on reporting of their financials going forward and impact on profits as well. The commercial banks were also about how they could take serious hits on their operations based on the current structure of the debt program. The banks also pointed some clarity on how the stability fund will be implemented by government. These concerns resulted in the banks pushing back in on signing up to the deal at a meeting held last week. This forced the government to extend the deal to January 31, 2023 for more consultations. The finance ministry has given the assurance that it will also engage the individual bondholders on their concerns. However, one is still not sure whether this will lead to the structure of the bonds for individual holders reviewed or the bondholders will be exempted from the whole deal. Most industry watchers are hopeful that this final lap of engagement will not result in another extension of the domestic debt exchange program. And that is the business tech report. Now, meanwhile, economist Professor Peter Corte has indicated that government must make sure that things work this time around because another extension will not be good for the economy. A two-week period is adequate, and I think we shouldn't uh, extend it any further. Let's get this to work. Um, otherwise, we might not be able to sign on to the IMF program in um, the first quarter. And that can also send some wrong signals to the market. Our exchange rates and other macro fundamentals um, or indicators will start to react. And that will not augur well for us. Um, some uncertainty might set in. I, I think um, we all have to be at the table, ensure consensus building so that we sign on to this program and get the IMF, uh, which is the second uh, best option uh, for us to get onto the program and ensure some macro stability, ensure some resource inflows, as well as bring credibility to the Ghanaian economy. And that is economist uh, Professor Peter Corti. But it appears that some of the players in the industry even want some more clarity in terms of this whole individual bondholders and whether they should be added or not. The Ghana Securities Industry Association, for instance, is saying that they want to take this opportunity to remind the finance ministry of its unwavering position that individual bondholders should include persons that hold bonds directly and those that hold bonds indirectly. That is, individuals having shares and units in collective investment schemes that have invested in government bonds and persons whose on behalf the bonds 
are held in trust account, a position that is also espoused by the Individual Bondholders Forum. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so they, remember at the beginning of this, when the government defined who an individual bondholder is, is mm. a natural person. Yeah. So that was in clear distinction yeah. from those who were in collective investment schemes, yeah. mutual funds, etc. I think whether the position is that the two has to be merged. Yeah. Yeah. The individual bond, uh, the individual bondholders forum. Yeah. That's their position as well. Yeah. Yeah. That this fight that they're waging is for not only the natural persons like myself and you who yeah. have your individual names on your uh, CSC account, but also for those who are who are invested in mutual. Mm. And, mutual and if funds. you go through the statement by the Ghana Securities Industry Association, it says that this is critical to ensure equity and fair treatment of all the individual bondholders and will further make the exchange program more progressive. And that is coming from the uh, Ghana Securities Industry Association. And well, uh, Vodafone will soon get a new owner because the National Communications Authority has approved the transfer of 70% of the stake in Vodafone Ghana to Telesel, subject to the concessions made by the seller and its representation made by the buyer to the National Communications Authority. The authority has maintained that this was after Telesel. We submitted a revised uh, financial and technical proposal in December 2022 when it demonstrated the needed capital investment to extending the deployment of 4G and launch of innovative fintech solutions. So the economists will say even all other things being equal, Telesel, that telecom group with strength in the African region could take over as the new owner of Vodafone Ghana. And that's all for Business on Newsnight. Thank you very much, George. A few of your messages coming through on our WhatsApp console now. Uh, stealing uh, salt pond says the poor have no savings yet they give their widows might the temerity of instructing god um nana on the spinkers road says everyone's with the bondholders expected to lose out and with all the uh, increases going on in the country from water food electricity etc around us how on earth are these people uh, able to survive at least if this happens in a developed country one could rely on the welfare department the finance minister and his cousin must stop the cathedral and free education to save money uh, 300 ghana cities a term per student will won't kill any parent he says and uh, this one from george and soto the government is not fair in robbing individual bondholders in the dde even though the president of ghana was empathetic that uh, was emphatic that they will not include individual bonds what happened he says, and uh, Daniel from East Ligon says, why is it that the government is failing to consult the bondholders for a proper negotiations and terms that will favor each party? They know, they know, the know-all attitude is not helping us. And the final one uh, says, Evans, I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing an increase of in electricity and water bills. Uh, why are we uh, using U.S. dollar to buy electricity in Ghana? Uh, I'm sure February will be uh, going back again. What happens to our gold? Uh, to exchange for oil. Uh, we'll come to that story pretty shortly, but let's do sports now. And Mibao is here with details. Well, yes, even the action in the Chan tournament is ongoing on Joy Prime, and uh, just gone by was the game involving Angola and Mali. Pulsate one it was. It ended 3 3 uh, with Angola, who took an early lead but had to lose uh, three goals lead for 2020 finalist Mali to draw 3 3 there. Well, yesterday, Ghana were in action and they lost to Madagascar, who are tournament debutant 
two goals to one, it ended. And according to coach Anu Walker, he says his side simply did not play according to plan. We did not play the way we normally play. That caused us and uh, people saw they were better or they played better than we do. But if you uh, correct, you can see from this second half, we were better off than, than them. Just that we could not take our chances and squandered the chances also that came on our way. So we were better than them. Uh, yesterday, rather, was uh, the, the weather was even better uh, for me than even when we came in, in our three days uh, training before the game itself yesterday. The weather was very, very cold than this, yesterday's one. So I, I see it uh, like a normal weather. Though occasionally it comes cold, then it changes. Are you kidding me? So the coach is blaming the weather? Well, it was pretty cold. It was around 8 to 9 degrees Celsius. And of course, the players are not often used to it. But the point is that, look, you knew the weather was going to be very, very, of course. very cold. So whatever Didn't they train in, in the... They the, were in Algeria. Before the... week before the tournament. So of the train were weak. They, I mean, of course, yeah. acclimatized. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. It was a poor showing. I don't know if you've seen the goals we conceded. I mean, very, very poor goals we conceded. It's been... Mm. A very difficult one for the national teams but they have a game against sudan and hopefully if they get a win over sudan they just might qualify to the next stage of the competition that's it for sports as well thank you very much for that now the institute for energy security uh, says hiking for prices will continue uh, should government ignore local solutions such as reviving the Tama oil refinery it believes a functioning refinery will cut back on cost of importing products and demand on the dollar for prices are up again after the city uh, devalued against the dollar uh, by more than 12 percent uh, commercial rate petrol is now selling at as you know now 13.9 pesos uh, from 12.40 uh, while diesel is selling at uh, 15 cd 60 pesos uh, from 13 cd 70 pesos research on policy analyst Alan Yakubu explains the market dynamics. This is necessitated as a result of the depreciation of the city mainly. So on the world market, a number of factors come to play, but major among these is the announcement by China on the withdrawal of their COVID policy and some demand from Beijing to purchase some crude oil products uh, over in the market. So for some days now, we expect that the market responds to this demand Meanwhile, join News understands government has taken delivery of 40,000 metric tons of petroleum products from the UAE under the Gold for Oil deal. This is just 13.3% of the 300,000 metric tons the country needs monthly. And Mr. Yakubu explains the quantity cannot make any significant impact on the market. Information we are picking is that government has just received some 41,000 metric tons of petroleum products. And this is not enough to even meet our monthly demand so we are still not very clear as to how much that can make an impact we do averagely about the 300,000 metric tons a month and government has just received 41,000 you can also do the number so if even if government is receiving averagely every week 41,000 if you do the mathematics that will still be woefully 
inadequate to meet our monthly demands. And that is the uh, Institute of Fiscal of uh, the Institute uh, for Energy Securities Analyst, uh, Adam Yakubo. And just before we go, occupants of the uh, Apromasi Police Barracks had to be evacuated following a fire outbreak that killed a police officer, his wife and child, and destroyed several properties. The IGP has been to the ground and he's been speaking today. So having conveyed the message from Mr. President to you and also the way that we, the entirety of the police service, at the leadership and across the country feel about the situation. We want to just let you be assured that we'll do our very best for us to come out of this situation stronger and mightier. And the few things that we are doing after having discussions with my brother, the head of the fire service in the region, we have looked at it from the technical angle. The investigation is ongoing and there will be a joint investigation between the, their good self and ourselves to find out what exactly happened and for us to be able to learn the relevant lessons from it. And that's the IGP there. And that's it for Newsnight tonight. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Up next is That's My Opinion. And they're talking about Confucian Aye Basa. I want to join the answer with that.
Happy New Year is in order. Fishyapa is in order. Adenta and of great call. Happy New Year to you and thank you for my diaries. Living Jampo, Afishiapa, King Soul, Afishiapa. Dr. Mubarak Ahmed, Afishiapa to you. Charles of Fusunsia from Weja, Fishia Park. Yoku, happy new year to you. Rita Yoku, happy new year to you. My brother Mohammed, salam alaikum and happy new year. From Goyle at the Pong Barrier. Ojoso Metal, Laurentia in Nungwa, happy new year to you. to you, my brother. Dr. Cynthia Tego. 